in his word, not only the fact of resurrection, but the order of resurrection. Not only was Christ raised from the dead, but he guarantees resurrection to everyone born into the world, both for the believer and for the unbeliever, because our God has given to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the authority to raise the dead. Our Lord is the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming and then cometh the end. We had the hope of the individual believer is to be with the Lord now. The hope of the church is the coming of the Lord. As you find it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we read, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as the rest which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go ahead of those who are asleep, those who have died. But the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, here is a great reunion. Everyone who was in Christ. That speaks of New Testament saints. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the word of the living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through his word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We continue in our series of what did Jesus do with now what did Jesus accomplish at the resurrection? Now, since every future resurrection is based on our Lord Jesus Christ and his physical resurrection of his body from the dead, we are now exploring the biblical statements of this truth, which proceed from our Lord's resurrection. His resurrection guarantees every future resurrection, which will ever occur. And this is the hope of those who die in Christ, as we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, we read that Jesus, who has been raised up out of the dead and now is in heaven, has the power to subject all things unto himself. And thus the believer's human body, whether dead or alive, will be changed like unto his glorious body. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, it is our joy and delight to come to you. And we're dealing with very simple, fundamental things of the Word of God, especially concerning the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been dealing with the judgments, and we're dealing right now with the resurrections. And we've followed along of how God 
has revealed in his word not only the fact of resurrection, but the order of resurrections. And we're dealing especially today with the, with the Church of Christ. We're following on from our last lesson. Of not only was Christ raised from the dead, but he guarantees resurrection to everyone who was born into the world, both for the believer and for the unbeliever. Because our God has given to his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the authority to raise the dead. You find this in John chapter 5. You have it in John chapter 6, where four times in John 6 he said, I will raise him up at the last day. And as you follow through your Bible and your study, you will notice there are time as a time element with respect to the times of different resurrections, as we have in Corinthians chapter 15. Our Lord is the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming, and then cometh the end. And we were discussing in our last lesson the question of the hope of the church. We had the hope of the individual believer is to be with the Lord now, as you have in Philippians chapter 1 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses which we gave to you in our last lesson. But the hope of the church is the coming of the Lord, as you find it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, we read this the other day to you, and I would like to again go back to that passage and take a little more of the detail of this question of the Lord coming for his own. Everyone who was in Christ. That speaks of New Testament saints, by the way. I've had friends who take the dead in Christ to mean all Old Testament saints and anybody who's ever been uh, trusting God, whether it be from Adam on down through. But this little statement, this question of being in Christ is a New Testament truth. Mentioned about 36 times, all was having to do with those but in the church. This is a new relationship. We belong to a new company of people. We don't belong to Israel. We belong to the church, the body of Christ. Now in Thessalonians chapter 4, we read, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as the rest which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go ahead of those who are asleep, those who have died. You see, in the Thessalonian church, they had been told of the coming of the Lord to the earth to reign. You have this in Acts, the book of Acts chapter 17. They accused Paul of teaching of a new king called Jesus who was coming. And he, he had talked about Old Testament. Of course, Paul quoted from the Old Testament, the day of the Lord is the day when the Lord Jesus Christ shall reign as Lord of lords and King of kings, where the nations will be under his feet, and he will be the prince of the kings of the earth. Now, while they're waiting for the coming of the Lord to reign, some of the believers are dying, and some died. Now, Paul, what about these? If the Lord Jesus should come to the earth to reign, what about these who are in the graves? What about these who have gone to dust? So he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about them. Because we who are alive and remain on the earth will not go ahead of those who are asleep. 
for the Lord himself, not an angel, thank God, not an angel, but the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Here is a great reunion. And the, the dead mother and the living daughter shall be reunited. The dead father and the living son will be reunited. Families who love the Savior will be reunited. Never again to experience separation. Now this was in the heart of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 14. You remember the Lord had said to the disciples, I'm going to leave you. And where I'm going, you can't come now. And you remember Peter said, Lord, why can't I go with you now? I'll die for you. I'll go to jail for you. And Peter meant every word of it. And the Lord Jesus said, Peter, before this night is out, you're going to deny me thrice. But let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now in Thessalonians 4, the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit said exactly the same thing, only with more detail. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, reunited, joined together, and caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, to be forever with the Lord. I am not surprised that when I come to the last chapter in your Bible, the 22nd chapter of Revelation, the final word of our Lord to John was, Surely I come quickly. And you remember John responded, Even so, come Lord Jesus. The cry of the heart of God's people is for the coming of the Lord. People say, well, Mr. Mitchell, you're, you're stargazers. No, we're not stargazers. We belong to heaven. There was a time when we belonged to the earth. We were earthlings, sinners, children of wrath, fit for hell. The Lord redeemed us and bought us and cleansed us and forgave us, gave us a new nature, gave us a new life, joined us to himself, put us in himself, and declared that one of these days I'm going to come for you. Not an angel. No angel died for you. No angel died for me. You and I mean so much to God, so much to Christ. He's not even going to trust us to angels. I will come again. and I will receive you unto myself. That Where I am, there you may be also. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing, this. To not only enjoy sins forgiven, not only be the recipients of eternal life and to know we're children of God in some way in the distant future we're going to be with God in heaven. My friend, that may happen today. Should you expect to die today? No, I don't. In fact, as far as I know, I'm immortal till the Lord threw with me down here and he takes me home. He take you home. He numbers our steps. As Job 14.4 says, he numbers our steps and he bottles our tears. No, the purpose of God, if a believer leaves the world now, he goes right into the very presence of his Savior. 
He doesn't go to Sheol. He doesn't go to some intermediate place. He goes right into the very presence of his Savior. Where else can he go? His sins have been put away. He's been given eternal life as a free gift. He's been made a partaker of divine nature. He's become a child of the living eternal God. He's become a joint heir with Christ. Where could he go when he leaves this world except into the presence of his Father, the presence of the Lord Jesus, to go home to heaven where we belong? My friend, this is the hope of the church and always has been the hope of the church. Down through the centuries, the very martyrs, when they were martyred for their testimony's sake, torn to pieces by wild animals, thrust through with swords, hacked to pieces by gladiators, they went out there singing the glories of Jesus because they knew that absent from the body was present with the Lord. They knew the Lord might come even before the gladiators hacked them to pieces. I tell you, my friend, this is the hope of the Church of Christ, the dead in Christ, our loved ones raised from the dead, and we together with them shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air to be forever with the Lord. So what about our bodies? Our bodies are going to be changed. You know, this is the wonderful thing. Even David in the 17th Psalm, verse 15, said, I shall be satisfied when I awaken thy likeness. You mean you're going to be like Jesus? Yes, yes. In 1 John chapter 3, the apostle John writes, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of one who is God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the children of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. K-N-O-W, we know that when he shall appear, we'll be just like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see, well, Mr. Mitchell, boy, there's got to be some real transformation take place. You're perfectly correct. In fact, you and I can't stand before God as we are. We have to be changed. We have to be changed to behold him in his glory. We couldn't stand it today. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, listen to the purpose of God for his people. God hath determined that we shall be conformed to the image of his Son. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior who shall change these bodies and fashion them like unto his own glorious body. Oh, wonder of wonders, we're going to be just like Jesus. I'm not surprised when a dear old man, I shouldn't say an old man, he was, he was a man well over in his 50s, approximately 60 years of age, hugged the life out of me. And he said, Brother Mitchell, he said, you mean to tell me I'm going to be just like Jesus? And I said, that's what the Bible says. I thought he was going to crack my ribs. The, the wonder of it, the joy of it, the marvel of it, you are going to be changed. People look at Christians and say, ah, look at him. Ah, friend, just you wait till God gets through with us. Just you wait till God gets through with us. In fact, I want to tell you, my friend, that that transformation is starting now. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, I read, 
You remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What a wonderful thing. <laughs> all the tests and trials, yes, friend, all the tests and trials down here are part of God's purpose fitting you for the presence of God. You know, I've oftentimes thought about Solomon when he built his temple. Do you remember that? There, was a, there were no noises of hammers or sores in the temple. All the noise was down there in the quarry. They quarried out the rock and they chipped it and they chipped it and they cut it and then they, and they uh, possibly ground it and polished it. And every stone fitted into the exact place it was meant for in the building. You know, I sometimes think God leaves some of us boys here because of so many, so many corners to be rubbed off, so many warts to, got, to get rid of. So many blind spots, I don't know. But you know, every test, every trial is part of God's program, fitting his people for eternal glory. And I tell you, friend, when God gets through with you and God gets through with me, we're going to be just like his son. You know that, that, uh, that Christian in your church you don't like? You know, you know what I'm talking about? That fellow, that woman... You wish they would go to some other church. You just don't like them. Your personalities cross, and every time they talk, they rub you the wrong way. You know, you remember those folk? Well, be, be kind, be loving, be understanding, be tender, be long-suffering, be patient. You know why? God's dealing with them too, just like he's dealing with you. And God deals with them one way, and God will deal with you another way. But what's he doing? He's perfecting you for his own presence. You know the wonderful thing? As Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, He which hath begun a good work in you shall perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. God starts a work in you the moment you accept the Savior. He knows all about you, and he cares for you. That's the wonderful thing. He cares for you. And he knows every little detail of your life. And he has the exact place for you in glory. And you're down here in the quarry, and he's working on you, and he's rubbing you. And sometimes you say, I wish the Lord would take me home. He will. He will. Don't worry about that. He'll take you home. But you better let him tell the time. You know, you better tell him the time. Like some Christians say, my, I wish the Lord would come. Yes. Are you in trouble? Are you disgusted with yourself or something? You want the Lord to come, or do you want him to come because you love him? You know, as Paul says, he has a crown of righteousness for all those who love his appearing. Oh, wonder of wonders. One of these days, Mitchell is going to be just like Jesus, going to be transformed into the image of God's Son, whatever your name may be. You might be the weakest of God's children, Say, well, you preachers, never mind us preachers. Everyone in the body of Christ has a place as it pleaseth God. And he's put you right where you are under your circumstances because he's working in you both to the will and to do of his good pleasure. What's he doing? What's he doing? 
the transformation has already started. And when you stand in the presence of the Lord, it's going to be complete. You're going to be just like Jesus. You know, sometimes I think of the colored brother in Africa when he said to the, to the missionary who were, they were translating the epistle of John, chapter 3, when he came to this verse, when they see him, they will be like him. The African said, let us not write, when we see him, we shall be like him. Let us write, when we see him, we shall fall at his feet in worship. No, said the missionary, he doesn't say that. It says, when we see him, we shall be like him. It's beyond all human comprehension what God has in store for his people. But I know one thing, my friend, it's real. It's real. I know one thing, that when God gets through with you, and when God gets through with me, and when God gets through with the other fellow, the one you don't like, but who loves the Savior just as much as you do, maybe more than you do, when God gets through with all of us, with the honorary preachers and, the, and what have you, he's going to transform us and make us just like his son. No wonder John said, even so come Lord Jesus. No wonder Paul, the writer of Hebrews, could say, yet a little while, yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. No wonder Paul wrote to Titus and said, looking for that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great Lord Jesus Christ who shall transform us. In fact, according to Romans chapter 8, the very creation is waiting, waiting, for the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, friend, do you know him? Is this your hope? Is this your hope? Is this what you're eagerly looking forward to? What do you have down here on earth? Everything you see is a passing thing. The very things you spend your money on is a passing thing. Everything is passing and decay. In fact, though, the human race is moving on to suicide. But there's hope, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, Jesus Christ, our hope. Oh, how glad I am. We have this wonderful, blessed hope. Friend, I'm asking you the question, do you have that hope? Is your hope wrapped up in a person? Or are you trusting some works of your own, which are no good, which are no good? Listen, God has made the provision God has provided a Savior. God is working out his purpose. He wants you to accept what he's done. He wants you to come into right relationship with his son, receive eternal life, become a child of God, and look forward to that wonderful day of anticipation, of glorification, of transformation. No wonder, Peter says, we have been begotten again to a living hope resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God grant he'll be not only your savior, but your hope. And may you accept him today. And Christian friend, live in daily anticipation, won't you? Live in daily anticipation of seeing him whom having not seen, we love. Economy. 
I've forgotten oh so often my own life and purity. I must always walk in his way and never ever cease to pray. Help me, oh Lord, that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.